Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right, beautiful downtown is right. We're broadcasting live from the Avenue. We look right into the 3rd Street Market Hall. Come on by. You can check out the show. Glad that you're with us. Wyatt is here in for Sandy. Greg is here. So is Debbie. And Adam is producing the show this afternoon. All right, let's get to what we're tracking. This is the 3 at 3 on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. All right, Wyatt, what's up first? All right, number one, the NBA Finals tipping off in Denver uh, between the Heat and the Nuggets. Ahead of the first game, Colorado Governor Jared Paulus is calling on presidential candidate and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to engage in what he calls a friendly wager by proposing an unusual prize. Yeah, so the two governors have been battling for the course of the past year. Ron DeSantis is mad at Disney, and Disney's now suing Ron DeSantis. And the Colorado governor earlier inserted himself into the business in Florida by saying, hey, we're ready for a mountain Disneyland. They can come to Colorado. Well, now the Colorado governor has tweeted this out today as the Heat prepare to take on the Nuggets, calling at Governor Ron DeSantis and Disney on a friendly wager. If the Nuggets win the finals against the Heat, Disney World will move to Colorado, the actual happiest place on earth to do business, have fun, and be free. Hashtag Colorado for all. The Democrat tweaking the Republican governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, has not responded. (laughs) Well, it's better than just like, you know, we'll give you cheese for whatever you have out in your state. It's clever. It's something different. I like that. I think it's funny. Colorado Disneyland, (laughs) the whole park would just be the Matterhorn. Yeah, exactly. That would be all right. And DeSantis would probably go for this, too. Yeah, get it out of Florida. (laughs) It just makes me laugh. I, I, I got no problem with this at all. DeSantis needs to come up with something funny of his own and shoot it back to Colorado. Hey, exactly, like Coors beer will be made in Florida. Or yeah, something like exactly. That, right? Yes. Swing big. Yes, something like that. All right, what's up next, Wyatt? One Scandinavian nation is close to declaring itself smoke-free. That's not about wildfires. It's defined as having fewer than 5% daily smokers in the population. Yeah, so Sweden is ready to become the first country in Europe that is under that definition smoke-free. They have long been the country in Europe with the lowest smoking rate given in large part because of aggressive anti-smoking campaigns, big, big taxes on alcohol. And so right now, they're at 5.6%. They get to 5%, they declare themselves smoke-free. 20 years ago, 20% of Swedes were smokers. So 20 years ago, 20%. They're now down to almost 5%. That is a big, big move. They would be the first in Europe. Yeah, I've never smoked a cigarette day in my life. Never done it. Me neither. Me neither. I'm not going to start now. (laughs) At 55, I'm not starting now. Uh, What's the final thing? Tomorrow night, a Burlington, Wisconsin principal is going to make good on her promise to students. She will spend the night on the roof of the school. So this is pretty cool in Burlington. It's Waller Elementary School. The principal is Ann Phillips. So she challenged her students to raise money for the PTO Walkathon. They raised over $8,900. That money will go towards new playground equipment, including ADA-accessible equipment. She had said that if they raised a big, big number, she would sleep on the roof. So uh, tomorrow, the students will say goodnight to their principal at the end of the school day. She will take to the roof before dismissing classes for the day, and she's going to snooze up there. This is kind of fun. They need, like, a, a camera up there where we could watch through the night. Like those webcams for nesting birds on the top exactly. of high rises. 
There's what? also uh, they're gonna. It's gonna be a fun classic of uh, of these kind of things. They're, the top earners in each grade are going to get to silly string a teacher of their choice <laughs> after the walk. So that's that's always fun for the kids. And then the top earner in the entire school gets to ride to school in a fire truck. Ooh, how fun is better that? than a limo? Yeah, that's going to be good stuff. Nice job raising all that money. It is 314 at WTMJ. So the debt ceiling bill sails through the House on a bipartisan vote, but it's not done yet. Inside the numbers and what happens next, that's straight ahead on WTMJ. It is 322. I want to move to our other big national story, and that involves the debt bill package. Sailed through the House on a bipartisan vote. Now the Senate is up next. Lindsay Watts, ABC News, is with us. Lindsay, uh, was the final vote tally a surprise, or is this about how folks thought it would pan out in the House? You know, it was hard to predict exactly what the final vote was going to be. I was reading through the names of the people that voted against it, and it wasn't entirely surprising. The final vote was 314 to 117, and so how those numbers broke down. A majority of Republicans did back the legislation, 149 votes, but it was Democrats that really took this over the finish line. 165 Democrats voted for the bill, and so more Republicans, 71, voted no compared to 46 Democrats. And that's interesting because this really is a Republican bill. The Democrats didn't want any kind of deal to raise the debt ceiling. They just wanted a clean bill that got it done without any caveats, without any concessions. But uh, in the end, more Republicans voted against it. So, Lindsay, when people talk in generalities about the two chambers, it's kind of like the Senate is stodgy and traditional and more organized. And the House tends to be more like the wild, wild west. And the two fringes in the House... We're both unhappy with this bill, but the centers of each caucus came together to allow for passage. Will the dynamic be different? Do we believe in the Senate? In the Senate, we are also seeing some harsh criticism. And in the Senate, another difference is that they need agreement from all 100 senators to actually move forward with a vote. And so there needs to be consensus between the entire body that, yes, we're going to move forward and vote for this, even among those who say, no, I'm not going to vote for it. There's definitely more the possibility for delays. We are seeing amendments in the Senate. The problem is if the bill is changed, it then has to go back to the House. And there's no time for that. The default deadline is Monday. So right now in the Senate, negotiations are underway, basically with some senators saying, look, if I vote for this right now, this other thing needs to happen separately. For example, Lindsey Graham has said not only does there need to be more funding for the U.S. military, but there also needs to be additional money for the Ukrainian military. So we're possibly going to see a separate aid package for Ukraine come out as a result of senators agreeing to vote for the debt ceiling bill. So, Lindsay, explain in greater detail the rule you just talked about where 100 must sign on, because it's a majority chamber. So at the end of the day, it just takes a simple majority to pass a piece of legislation. But before we can even get that to the floor, you're saying there's another preliminary step that requires unanimous approval. Well, just because senators can filibuster, they can they can stop the vote from happening. There's a lot more room for conversation and debate and amendments. So right now there are uh, multiple amendments that are that are coming forward, and, and those are going to get a vote. So it's just delaying the process. The expectation is this will ultimately pass the Senate. There's no senator that is is trying to to 
to cause it a default. So there will be enough votes to get this through. The question is just when are they going to do it? It could actually happen as soon as tonight, probably late into the night. But the goal on both sides is to get this done certainly before tomorrow night. But there could be a chance that it would would stretch into the weekend. But again, we are expecting this to, to pass the Senate before that Monday deadline. Yeah, time is ticking, that's for sure. Lindsay Watts, ABC News correspondent with us from Washington. Lindsay, thank you so much. Great to talk to you. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. EAA Air Venture up there in Oshkosh, the end of July, one of the best weeks of the summer, one of the greatest places to be in our state during the summer. Dick Nipinski is with us. He is the Director of Communications at EAA. Dick, how are you? Oh, I am doing terrific today. It's blue skies out there today. Yeah. Like I told you last week, it's a great day for flying. Man, I'm excited to talk to you today about the U.S. Air Force presence that's going to be at EAA Air Venture in Oshkosh in July. This has just been announced. This is really cool. It's got a lot of facets to it. What are we talking about? Well, we're talking about uh, their Air Education and Training Command, uh, which basically touches every single Air Force personnel when they come into the Air Force and then afterwards, too, especially with the pilots. They do everything from training the pilots. Most people think of that, you know, learn how to fly, all of that. But then you go up on the F-16 missions, the F-35 missions, the B-52 missions. They're involved with all of that. So they touch every single piece of flying apparatus that the Air Force has. So naturally, we told them, Bring one of everything, and we'll fit it somehow. <laughs> and uh, so uh, they're going to try. And so they're going to have programs throughout the week. Uh, they'll have the big C-17 cargo airplane here, which also features some of their critical care air transport, how they do that with medical personnel. Uh, you'll be able to talk to those people right here on the ground. Uh, you know, all of those things, we'll have airplanes up in the air, we'll have ground displays, we'll have forums and workshops with those people. And so it's going to be a big part of what we're doing this year at AirVenture. Man, I love it. The Air Force Band is going to be there during the week. It's good stuff. Dick, I wanted to ask you while I had you on the phone this week, and we talk a lot about the military aircraft, and I'm enamored with it. I think it's really cool stuff. EAA really has a history also of experimental aircraft and self-built aircraft, and that's still a big part of the show, isn't it? It is. More than a 1,000 amateur-built airplanes make the trip to Oshkosh each year. They come in here, and it's amazing to see uh, what Paul Polberezny used to call hand and mind working together uh, to create, whether it's from kits, whether it's from a set of plans, whether it's a new design. And even now, we're starting to see some of the urban air mobility, the new technology coming out there as well. So those are on display. You can see those airplanes, and uh, some of them, I would say they're pieces of art because they are just fabulous uh, wonderfully aerodynamic, nicely painted, uh, really enjoyable to see, and they're on display on the flight line as well. Man, it's absolutely incredible, and it's cool to just walk the grounds, Dick, and you see some of these planes that have flown in from all over the country, and they're parked there, and people are camping underneath them, and they're like they're part of their family almost, the way they nurture and take care of these aircraft. It is. You know, anybody has, you know, a, a classic Harley or a classic car of some 
point. They they know what that means to them. It's the same thing with an airplane. It is it is yours. It's something special. It creates experiences unlike anything else and takes you to far-flung destinations, including for some people, Oshkosh, because we do have people who fly their own airplanes, not only from throughout the country, but from throughout North America and sometimes across oceans to, wow. here to be part of it as well. That is so cool. So the fly-in convention this year is July 24th through the 30th at Whitman Regional up there in Oshkosh. I'm going to be there. We're going to be doing the show from there. I'm going to fly in a plane next week that I'm going to tell you about next week. This is the highlight of the summer for many people. I grew up going to EAA. If you want more information, go to EAA.org. The schedule's filling out. It's a great website. Dick Napinski is the Director of Communications for EAA. Such good stuff. I'm getting pretty excited, Dick. Thanks for being with us. Thanks so much. We're getting excited, too. 52 days away. Be ready. All right. I'm ready. 343 at WTMJ. We'll catch up with Dick again next week. By the way, I take that flight and that plane on Tuesday. Um, I'm a little bit nervous, but really excited. Yeah, that would explain the email I got to potentially host the show. Yeah. Now that's interesting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about it too much because I don't want to jinx it, and I'm really kind of nervous, okay. but, 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 but I'm also excited. So I will tell you more about the plane I'm going to be flying in as it gets closer to Tuesday. It's 343. Don't know if you saw this, but uh, Cardinal Stritch, the land that Cardinal Stritch holds, is now on the market. I read about it in the Milwaukee Business Journal. Mark Cass is the editor-in-chief there. He joins us live in the studio up next. Cardinal Stritch is taking bids on its North Shore property. They've just closed down the school. We've reported on that extensively. Mark Cass is the editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal, and he's with us here in the studio. Mark, thanks for being here. Always good to be here, but I want to talk about you flying on a plane. I mean, at some point we're going to talk about that, right? Uh, maybe. Come on, now. Yeah. you gotta, you got to let me have well, a couple chances here. You and I are pretty good friends, and you spent the last four minutes telling me how this probably isn't the safest idea. I I'm really thinking, stop. you might want to check the maintenance records. That's yeah. all I'm saying. It's 100 years we're, old. I'm a little nervous. You know, kind of, when, kind of when's the last time it had an oil change? You might want to just ask that question. Would you do this? Not a chance. <laughs> Do you get a helmet? Do you, you get a helmet? That's right. I, I, you I, come on the parachute. Come on a parachute. Oh, you gosh. get a parachute, and and maybe there's a training. That's what I want. I to don't. Know. That's a, these are all good questions. I don't. You might know. want to ask these in advance. You don't want to ask them up in the air. I'm saying. Well, this came up because I asked our HR lady if my life insurance is covered if I fly in a 1927 airplane, and, and her, she her response hasn't was me back. <laughs> she laughed. I mean, I saw her on the yeah. hallway there. She was laughing. I think it was. Uh, there's a clause down there somewhere. If I sure. if I if I have to do the show, would you uh, fly in the plane? Next no, there's, week? there's not a chance. I'm flying in that plane. No. See, uh, he and I are on the same page. There's not a chance. You got wow. man. You're. I, I've become largely risk averse. He's already sizing up your chair. I can see it right now. He's like encouraging you to I, go. I guess. Thank you for being honest with me, but yeah. a little less honesty would have been good today. Yeah, yeah not today. Uh, Mark, I want to ask you about Cardinal Stretch because yep. you guys are writing extensively about this today. Not often that property like yeah. this becomes 43 available, acres. right? Yep, 43 acres in the North Shore, right on the freeway. You know, great, obviously, sight lines there, great access. This is rare to find in the Milwaukee area. You know, I mean, you got to go out to Waukesha. you got to go out to find that. But to have it right there in that area where there's a lot of money already, I mean, so I think you're going to see a tremendous amount of interest. We've heard from a lot of developers already who are looking at it. I think you're going to see some sort of mix of project. Probably is going to include some housing. I would I would think also going to include some office, but it's also going to probably going to include some retail because it's just a great site with great access. And you know you know I mean at twenty four million it sounds like a lot. 
and it is, but think about what can happen there with 43 acres. And it could go for more than that, right? That's, I think, yeah. That's kind of like where we're beginning that's, things. That's where we're beginning. I think you'll see, I think you'll see multiple offers on it. I mean, I'd be shocked. Where is this geographically? How close is it to Bayshore? Uh, you're probably about a half mile kind of north of that, kind of right past, uh, this. So kind of right on that hill that overlooks the freeway, right where they're doing that huge construction project where they've ripped out yeah. all the fields and stuff. So right there, it then goes all the way to the east too. So, I mean, it's got a little bit of both. I think on the, uh, really on for the west side, it's going to be retail. It's going to be office on the east side. I think you're going to see housing. There's a need for housing in this region. Everybody, I mean, everyone's saying there's not enough homes to sell, right? So I think yeah. you're going to see something there. So the Mayfair collection I noticed the other day has empty shops that have it been does. empty, a couple of them, for yeah. quite some time. Yep. Bayshore is trying hard to yep. hold on to their tenants. Would they not be happy if commercial ended up in there? Yeah, I don't think they'd be happy, but I don't think you're going to see that kind of store there. It's going to be more service stuff, you know, like a dry cleaner, or, you know, the, kind of that kind of stuff, which, because it's got great access. I, I don't think you're going to see, like, a department store. Maybe a sandwich shop, yeah, a, a dry sandwich cleaner, shop, a dry right. cleaner, you know, the stuff you see on the corner. But, again, really needed in that area. And cell phone store, maybe cell something phone like store. that. There you go. There's none of we, those we in there. There's none of those in the area here. <laughs> so that, right? <laughs> uh, I I think it's intriguing to think about it being mixed development, right? Housing, yep. commercial, yep. maybe medical offices. Exactly. It seems there's more of that sort there of thing. There really is, and just makes sense. It really helps those communities because right now you right now you have a college who doesn't who doesn't have any kind of any kind of property taxes. So to have yep. this area is going to help is going to help is going to help each Glendale and also. F- Fox Point. Again, you don't have anything of this size really in the region that you can do. So, Mark, you've talked about the benefits and how great a parcel it is. Are there challenges with the site? There are challenges. It's hilly. You know, so there is some of that there. I think you're working with both municipalities, which is never easy. I mean, it's hard enough just to do it in one municipality. Here, here, you're, here you're going to get approval from two. So, I mean, I think really that's a challenge. And I think the current environment, obviously with higher interest rates, higher construction costs, with inflation that's going on, you know, I mean, I think it's a challenge. I just think it's it's really unique. It's something that maybe on the south side, for those of the people who live down there, kind of can think of like 84 South, which has residential, yep. which has commercial, and which has medical. I mean, that's a great example of a mixed-use project that's done very well. So 12 buildings right now, 607,000 square feet, 1,000 parking spaces. Right. Could they take? I guess if they buy, they can do what they want. They can do Some what of those they want. buildings might come Some down. Some of those, right? I mean, I think a lot of them will because they really can't be used for what you're doing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of kind of reconstruction on the site. Do we have any idea when we're going to see any kind of movement on this sale? Yeah, I think it's going to come fast. They have a. They only have this out there for about six weeks, so the end of July is is already the time you have to have your your bid in. I think it's going to sell. I'd be shocked if it didn't sell, you know, by September or October. And you could see something specific there by fall in terms of a. Proposal. If I mean, in a great world, you could see construction there next spring. Um, you know, but again, I'm not saying that. I'm saying in a perfect it, world, it could. it could happen. I think it's just a great site. Can we all agree they should not sell it to Foxconn? Yeah, I think Foxconn. I think some people would love to see see, see like an IKEA up there, but I don't think that's going to happen. That's interesting. But, you know, that kind of you know. So wow. you know, you know, you know, you, I mean, you, I mean, let's have to watch and see what happens. But there could be some very interesting things that happen here. Maybe an airplane thing. What do you think, Johnny? Could no, never mind. We don't want to go there. <laughs> no, Look at them already. No. How about no. a landing strip for an airplane? Yeah, you know what's best for a landing strip is hills. <laughs> yes. Sweat is dripping down my back. We've got to stop this. I do want to ask you about something else, though. Uh, on Friday, you and me and Matzik and Tim Sheehy from MMAC right. and Vetrano uh, played pickleball. We did. And the pickle mall, the you guys are reporting, mall. is a thing that could be coming to right. Milwaukee. It is. Uh, you could use a little more practice, so I, I like this for <laughs> this is you. A, I mean, this is the guy who, what, hit like one ball in, right? <laughs> or two balls in the entire game? 
I mean, Why? I heard he he swore more. The language is colorful. You put balls in. I mean, there was an education uh, in the language yeah, department. You learned yeah. some new words, Greg. Didn't I you? Did. you didn't realize it those words went together? It, those words are not supposed to go passion, together. Mark, it's passion. You never took English, right? <laughs> no, it's a different kind of. It's not the Queen's English. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. No, I think this is something that's going to happen here. I think it's happening throughout the country. This is a huge sport. It's, I mean, it's growing in huge, huge leaps, and they're looking at malls. Think about malls in the area that have open space. Yep. Look what's going on out at Brookville Square. You have yep. a whirly ball out there. You have a movie theater now. Look what's going on down at Southridge in Greendale. You're seeing all these multi-uses that are happening. You know, I mean, a mall, kind of as we know it, it's not working anymore. So you have to have other things to to to, to really draw in people. So, the, I mean, here's another way to make some money through uh, revenue. Hopefully you guys go play, and then, then what happens? This happens to us all the time. We go there, we play, and then we come over here and eat. Right? So, I mean, you're spending money as a result of that. And if I wasn't playing pickleball, I mean, you know, I'm not coming here. So it's a gay. I yep. mean, I mean, it's just another way to draw in off of something that's really growing hugely right now throughout the country. What would the model be? This would be a place like not a club, but a no. place where you could rent court you by the rent hour. Court by the hour. You could become a member, I'm sure, or not. I'm not sure if they'd take you as a member because you need good language. So that's hmm. not going to obviously happen. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's just another business. As you look throughout the country, these things are just going crazy right now. They're, they are just. There's so much interest in the sport. How would we decide which of us paid for the court time if we were if the four of us were? To well, I think Matzik's not doing it because he can't open his wallet. I've seen him; go, he's got short arms. It's pretty tight. He's, he's got short arms. My I've paddle has that. a pickle on it, though. Your paddle has a pickle on, it, which is the, like the first one I've ever seen do cute. that. He's the big deal. He's happy. Yeah, he's the big deal. <laughs> you That's... had haircut money earlier this week, so you were you were throwing money around. Oh yeah, yeah I heard yeah. that. How much are you willing to pay to play pickleball? Well, I have saved a lot of money on haircuts over the years. You didn't mention. Look at Matzik shaved his hair off. It's shiny. That's all I can uh, see. Back to normal here. Back to normal there. Back he, to looks, being he looks good. He's ready to play. He's going to be quicker now. He's going to be running all over the court. That's true. He's going to make you look. He's going to make you look worse, John. It's going to be even more bad words. Bad <laughs> words coming from John. The naming convention of pickle mall is great too. Like it's it should just that should be how you refer to things. If you oh, trip yeah. while going to for a serve, that's a pickle fall. Oh look at this! Oh, He's got to work at a mall. Wow. You know why it should okay. come watch you play, John? He could make up words. Seeing you, you have fall to on go to the bathroom while playing. It's a pickle stall. Right. All sorts of ways we can go with this. Yeah, you get hit in the wrong spot. It's, uh, you got uh, hit in the pickleball. Also pickleball. <laughs> you know, you guys are just taking this downhill really quick. Let's yeah. go back and talk about John on the airplane. Yeah, okay. I want to talk go. about that. We're That's out of time. <laughs> Mark Cass is the editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. It's a different meaning to pickleball there. There you go. <laughs> You're always Literally, he's going to be falling out. No, never mind. Thanks for being with us, Mark. All right, guys. Always good to be here. <laughs> 356 at WTMJ. Better